Hello and welcome back to In The Clock Ends Pre-Match Pint. We hope you're keeping well. We've got a packed show ahead for you today where we'll be taking a look ahead to a massive fixture at the weekend against Spurs. There's also a cracking player profile for us to get stuck into. Um, a man who, let's be honest, quite liked a goal against Spurs, it has to be said. And with me to discuss all of this is Steve. Steve, good afternoon to you, buddy. How you doing? How you doing? All good, mate. Not too bad. Feeling, feeling 31. Is that is that a, is that a saying? Feeling, feeling fresh. <laughs> feeling yeah. thirty one. Feeling fresh at thirty one. How are you? Yeah, yeah, I'm not too bad. Not too bad. Obviously, happy birthday for the other day. Um, I know I probably said it to you on the day, but look, this is our first podcast since you've now entered into your thirties properly. I've got to ask you though, how did you feel about turning thirty one? Um, for me, I didn't enjoy it. Uh, turning thirty was kind of fine, but then when I turned thirty one, I was like, well, I'm in my thirties now. Literally, you're while in the midst of the 30s. I mean, listen, it's it's just another another birthday. It, to be to be fair, it, I was absolutely fine. I don't really give a shit. I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll be 40 and I still will look about 25, and I won't be able to grow a beard. So I'm hoping you'll be able to at least grow some stubble by the time you're at 40, mate. Um, you know, I'll give yourself give yourself a big pat on the back uh, when you can manage that. But how, how was it? Did you get up to much yourself for? Uh, Steph, treat you well. Yeah, it was all good. We went camping. We had a little bit of a. I'm, I'm sure you're aware. We we, we end up at the vets <laughs> Friday night. I'm was, aware. Which yes. was uh, which was quite fun. Uh, yeah. Short. Long story short, never give your dogs corn on the cob. Um, yeah, because it will kill them. And uh... <laughs> yeah, that's quite. That's quite. Yeah, that's just like. So basically, corn on the cob is like chocolate for dogs. Is it? Is that what you're telling me? Well, we just thought they'd like. I just thought they'd nibble on the, the corn and then they went into the the the, the full is it the, the what do they call it the rusk is the cob it? the actual cob yeah and those bits yeah. literally will get trapped in their intestines and all sorts interesting so. well that's pretty mad but just it was just an interesting one yeah i can imagine a bit of a turn of events isn't it not what you really wanted to do i'm sure but just on the chocolate thing for dogs that's always baffled me like how fucking harsh is that? Like, dogs are a gift. We love the dogs uh, on this show. We've both got them. Um, but I always feel so guilty. Like, he looks, my dog always looks so up for trying chocolate. And then you've just probably be like, nah, bruv, um, it's going to kill you, mate, if I give you that. So you're not having any. So harsh. I'm not sure about chocolate. Our oldest, um, this is before I was on the scene, he, uh, he got into a bag and there was a box of um, milk tray. And, oh, yeah. he ate, and he ate the whole box. He ate the whole box of milk tray. Yep. And he he's... got into it. And it, he, yeah. he was he was just being sick for a few days. Like, um, but he's fine. <laughs> he he could they, he could eat anything. To be to be fair, they'd have probably been fine with sweet corn. We just thought we we can't really take the chance. Yeah, um, it's risky it, business. Risky business. But apart from corn on the cob aside, it was a good birthday. Um, spent good. Saturday night with the at the in laws. Uh, me and the father-in-law drank a whole bottle of rum between us, 40%. Uh, and I woke up Sunday morning with no recollection of coming home. <laughs> that, that, that's a sign of a good night, right? If you came home in one piece, can't remember anything, job done. Every, everyone wins in that scenario, right? Yeah. But no, it was all good. Right. Thanks, mate. Weird, though. Like I'm assuming uh, there must be some postal issues because uh, there was no present from Ireland. No uh, 94 95 third shirt yeah well i mean look there's obviously some issues uh with posts from china um you know dh gate <laughs> specials um 
Yeah, but no, you, you, you've got a wedding coming up, mate. You can't be greedy, you know? Just to clarify, you will not be receiving that for your wedding. Um, <laughs> this has to be something as a couple you both have to enjoy. And knowing Steph, I know she likes to don an Arsenal shirt from time to time, but I, I just can't see that going down well. Uh, in all, in all fairness, though, like we'd probably both fit into it. So you I probably you would, say, yeah. So, you know, we could go, you know, it could be like a fancy dress. Costume. A fancy dress. Yeah. Are you, here's a quick question, actually. Have you got anything Arsenal related to wear on your wedding day? No, I don't. Ooh. I don't actually. Maybe Arsenal, I could wear some Arsenal socks because that's Arsenal not on show. I wore, I wore like a little Arsenal pin to our friend's wedding and mm. it didn't go down very well. Cufflinks could be done. <laughs> Something subtle. Cufflinks, yeah, yeah cuff, cufflinks could go well. Maybe. That's a good shout. There we go. That is a good shout. I'll see what I can do for you. I'll see what I can do for you. But anyway, look. Enough of the boring stuff about Steve getting married. Um, we've got loads to get stuck into on the show. Massive game at the weekend, Steve. Absolutely gargantuan, I think, is the words that springs to mind. For those of you unaware, it is Tottenham Hotspur at home. Our fierce North London rivals. Um, a team that we never like to lose against, no matter what. So before we get stuck into it, let's just have a quick look at the head-to-head record. So we played Spurs 205 times, 184 Drawn 54, lost 67, which, you know, look, I would expect us to have a better record, but it's not as much of a landslide as you might have thought because, and again, this isn't really a dig at Spurs or maybe it is. They were pretty shit um, for, you know, a long, long, long time. They're a bit better now, but they still win, fuck all. Um, But this is, you know, Derby games, we all know, form goes out the window, right? So does that record surprise you at all? In any way, um, I think like it's it's probably equaled out in recent years, hasn't it? Like mm. we've got a great home record against them. Mm. The last time they beat us at home was was it twenty ten in the league mm. um, when they came from two 0 down. I believe mm. that was the last time we lost in the league to them because um, I know they beat us in the league cup, didn't they? A few yes. years, um, but. Yeah, it's one of those where I think at home we're pretty solid, but then at the same time, you know, at their place. They've, you know, especially Same. especially in the recent recent times, they've all they've got a very good record against us, uh, you know, over mm. at uh, uh, the toilet bowl. So, yeah, it's it's a tricky one. I I feel quite confident though. I don't know about you. Like I always feel like you're always confident. Always doesn't always, matter who we play. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Don't listen to my opinion. What I love what the optimism. Do, what do I know? I think like it's one of those like you said, formulas out the window. Um, it's you never really know what to expect. Like, you know, I've seen a, a sort of, you know, I, I've seen a sample size of, of Tottenham this season. I've not really watched many of their, their games. Um, the, the message I've sort of got is that they're, they're not playing particularly well, but they're getting results. Um, so listen, yeah, they're, they're, their look is only going to last so long. But then, you know, at the same time, you know, we've only had one real test this season against Man United and we sort of mm-hmm. almost played the occasion, not the game. Uh, we dominated the game, but somehow ended up losing. So mm-hmm. there's, there's many ways you can sort of look at it. Look at it. I just, it's just going to be, it's either going to be fucking epic or it's going to mm-hmm. be nil nil. And it'll be like, well, that was a ball fest. You know, whenever we sort of hype these sort of games up as like the super, super Saturday, super Sunday games, mm-hmm. they're always very disappointing. Yeah. I, I see what you mean. Um, but I always feel that, and I've been saying this for a few years now, I've probably even said it to you since we've met, like I generally feel um, that the North London derby is 
not just from our perspective, but probably the neutral as well. It's probably the most entertaining derby fixture in the league. Uh, and I'm not being biased to say that because I'm an Arsenal fan and obviously we feel it a little bit more, but it's just always got that bit extra, isn't it? I find anyway, atmosphere, there's always a bit of bite to it. It's never really lost that. Um, and there's always, I say this and you've just said it could be a ball fest, but usually there's always goals. Yeah. Um, I can't remember but, the last time there was a we had a nil draw. Yeah, no, me me neither. And like nil nils just don't don't really happen. Um, you get draws, but even then they usually score draws. Um, but yeah, I think you know you definitely hit the the nail on the head when you say home form uh, for us. I think that works both ways. You, you know, like they've got a good record against us at their place, and we've got a great record against them at our place. Uh, and that just seems to be that the home team definitely comes out on top. Let's hope that that happens on Saturday. Because, um, yeah, I, I think it's a big test uh, for both sides, actually, because as much as, you know, Spurs haven't lost yet this season, which is pretty mad. And I think a lot of people will say Spurs aren't exactly playing that well. But that, that way, that's always a fear for me that, you know, if a team plays poorly and still gets results, you know, what happens when they decide to actually start playing well? I guess, you know, we'll see how they turn out on on, on Saturday lunchtime. But just looking at the form going into the game, you know, as I've just said, Spurs haven't lost. So they've got, you know, two wins drawn and two wins in the last five. And we're coming into this with three wins, the loss. Uh, and then obviously we got back on the winning horse uh, against Brentford away there last week. Was, was it last weekend? Was that last weekend or the weekend before? Weekend before. Weekend before, yeah. Yeah, crikey. Um, time's flying by. But, you know, going into it, as we always say, form goes out the window. So, you know, much like you and everybody else, you know, I'm eagerly anticipating the game uh, this weekend. But ultimately, it's the one game where my nerves generally get the better of me, unfortunately. And I think it's just the home game is always the one fixture that I just don't want to lose. Um, I think when you go to the away game, you don't want to lose it, but it's a little bit easier to swallow, dare I say. There's just nothing worse than being beat by your, you know, your big local rivals, you know, in your own back garden, is there? No, I've still got nightmares on that that 3 0 last season when we I'm went not, up to down to their place. Um I'm not probably surprised. one of the, the the worst. I mean, I I only sort of stayed for about an hour and I was like, I'm done. Yeah, <laughs> so, I don't it's funny, I don't blame you for that either. Because you it was, been, it, it was hmm. just like this isn't fun. You know what? Fair play to, to those who stay for 90 minutes because oh, I just 100%. think, fuck that. Like, honestly. And to be fair, if I had it my way, I'd have left half time. But the people I was with um, were like, no, nah, no, nah, we'll stay five more minutes. And I was like, oh, let's just go. I get that though. I, do, I can understand it from both sides, you know? Like, there's nothing worse than being stood there with, you know, in the corner of their stadium and they're all fucking having a great time, which is bollocks nobody wants to see that um but ultimately i can understand where the other group would come from well let's just give it five to ten minutes a second half and see what happens and look you know the start of that second half was bollocks on it so i can understand why you wanted to leave literally much. I, I think you know if we were still playing that game if it was still going on now we probably wouldn't have like carved carved open the goal it was just 10 men mm. you know it was just everything went against us that day um, you know, one of the one of the worst feelings of football has to be when you're an away game and the roar from the home crowd, and that just that feeling of just 
it's just it's just nothing like it. It's different at a home game because it's like where's it when the away fans there's only a small number of them unless you're like kind of right next to them. But that that kind of that you know kick in the teeth, you know when you're when you're away from home and it's just that raw. Mm. It's nothing worse than that. I mean, you know, the flip side of that is when you win, it's phenomenal. Mm. When there's like a couple of thousand of you and you know giving it giving it the very big one, uh, absolutely as you love to do. But yeah, that, that, you. That, that, <laughs> That was a tough one, wasn't it? Oh God, honestly, yeah. that was. Uh, when I looking back to that game when we uh, had the documentary, mm. when it was released, I, I just sort of skipped over that bit, and that's where my viewing watch, my viewing sort of ended. I still haven't yeah. watched the, the last episode really. I just, I, I just it, thought like, why? Like, it's just not enjoyable, and we all I don't know. Need to relive it. Mm. Yeah, and you know, sort of looking back at that. And how clear we were last season, and, and the capitulation, and the, the fact that it mm. happened at Tottenham as well. Um, mm. So yeah, we owe them. You know, we owe them big time. Let's let's get you know Saturday. Let's let's make amends for that and um, put them yeah. back in their box, mate. You know what I mean? Oh no, I completely understand what you're saying. I think you know if we look at the previous games, we don't need to go any further into the you know the away game from last year. But it's funny, isn't it? We're coming into this this weekend's derby game, and you know this time last year, I think it was was it yesterday? It might have even been yesterday or today where. We had the the fantastic home win, didn't we, um, against them at the Emirates, which was, by all accounts, an absolutely fantastic day. Sun was shining. Um, was it? I think it was an early kickoff as well, wasn't it? Correct it was me if I'm sun, Yeah, it was. No, I don't think. No, I think it was four thirty Sunday. You know, mm. I'm pretty sure it was four thirty Sunday. It was really nice, actually. Mm. Um, it was like I, I remember it well because it was right after my birthday. And uh, funny enough, I was really hungover for that one as well. Shock, <laughs> shock! Um, but no, it was a great, it was a great day. I mean, probably the best forty-five minutes mm. um, of a football game I've ever attended. Like everything, everything went for us that day. Um, mm. Second half was, you know, they got a goal. There was a kind of nervy, you know, 10, 15 minutes at the end. But um, yeah, to be to be to be fair, you know, I think if you take the emotion out of it, we were quite comfortable and very good yeah. for that win. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're spot on taking the emotion out of any Arsenal game for us. You know, if you're looking at it from the neutral perspective, we probably looked very, very comfortable. I think, you know, you're right. We probably were. You know, look, you're 3-0 up after a scintillating opening 45. Um, you know, they, I think they got their goal in and around the 70-minute mark, something like that. Um, if they would have got another one pretty quickly or, you know, within the last 10 minutes, nerves would definitely have jangled, but yeah, we, we were pretty comfortable. Um, and you know, like you said, the, the opening half, you know, the goals from Emil Smith-Rowe, Saka and Aubameyang. Uh, with that, dare I say, because uh, a, lot's, a lot's happened since then for Aubameyang and Arsenal Football Club, but it was a pretty iconic celebration, uh, obviously replicated. But, I, you know, it's one of those moments as a fan I just loved it. I thought it was absolute quality. As much as, you know, he, he annoyed the living crap out of me for just how he was on the pitch and probably off it um, towards the end of his Arsenal career. But, you know, scoring against Spurs um, and then, you know, going to do the Thierry Henry knee slide in front of the Spurs fans. Um, yeah, it was quality, wasn't it? It wasn't bad. I think it was probably the, the highlight of his of his short season, wasn't it, really? Because um, mm. it was Smith Rowe, yeah, who opened the scoring on 12. Aubameyang mm. 27 and then Saka uh, 34. It was just, yeah, it was just one goal after another. Like the way we sort of cut them open that day, mm. um, it was just phenomenal. I remember 
I was up in the upper tier for that one. Hmm. Um, you know, not, not, not a massive fan of the upper tier, but I have to say the view of the game was like spectacular. Um, yeah. And yeah, just the, the, and it was down kind of right where I was sat, sort of right uh, across from the clock end. Like it was just, yeah, all for, all the goals on my end. And it was, yeah, it was it was a joy to watch. It really was. And listen, if we're as half as good as that Saturday, I think we've got nothing to worry about. Yeah, forever no, the, I hope we forever, are. Forever the optimist, aren't I? You are. You said you're confident or relatively confident going into it. So, you know, I hope your confidence isn't misguided, Steve. To be I, honest with you, I haven't. <laughs> I haven't seen us lose this season. So, Oof. well, I mean, we've only lost one game. Well, um, that's true. But yeah, I mean, I haven't attended a, an Arsenal Spurs game for quite a while, actually. Uh, I mean, we'll come on to to some of those memorable moments, you know, games and goals against Spurs shortly. But before we do, I mean. Obviously, look, I think the lineup for, for this game is going to be vital. Um, obviously, we're just coming off the back of a, I mean, a boring international break. I just hate them, Steve. Um, I'm a club before country, man. I'm just going to throw that out there. Yeah, I, I'm uh, 100%. I agree. Like, out of interest, sort of, mm. not, not, I don't want to deviate too much, but did you watch any of the, the Nations League? Um, bits. I mean, yeah, a very small amount. I probably watched more other teams in England over the break, to be honest with you, because I just find... And, and the game, look, did end up being relatively entertaining yesterday, I believe. Um, I just I just find England fucking boring to watch. You know, Saka's there, which is the only kind of Arsenal representation we really have. Um, obviously, Ramsdale just didn't even get a game, which, again absolutely baffled me you know Ben White's not in the lineup and then you know you're seeing Harry Maguire go full Harry Maguire right last night oh. from all accounts um, which is funny you know but he's not starting for United anymore so it's kind of lost its comedy effect for me a little bit and um, if from, he's still for, for me I think like you know what Ben White's out the team Ramsey's out the team that's fine mm. rest yeah, them. Stay, yeah. stay at home do what you gotta do yeah no rest them's right um but you know, there's it's the it, for us as fans, obviously, we want our players fresh. But there's also, you know, we forget that the player element. You know, I guess when you play professional football, you know, representing your country is such a massive honour uh, for most. And I think that you know, not getting selected, it would maybe, maybe not so much for Ben White because, as we know, he's not a football man, is he? He doesn't, he doesn't support anybody. He didn't really grow up watching football. He's just good at football. Um, is that true? Is that, it? I, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, yeah. So Ben White is, and I, I, funny enough, I used to play football with a lad who was exactly like this. Had no interest in in watching the game. Didn't support anybody, but he was a bloody good footballer, which I just always found baffling. To be honest with you, just like I don't know. I, I think you need a passion for the game, but you know there are players out there who just got no interest. But yeah, he's come out and openly said this before. Yeah, where does that like start then? Like if if you don't like football, I mean, you must have started somewhere, right? You just kick a ball and think, well, I can kick that quite well, so I should persevere with this. Like, this, you know, where's the entry point? School, isn't it? it? Has to be. You know, school. If you're, you know, because you're forced to play sports, right? It's like, you know, you've met me. I'm not exactly a, a brute. I think that's being kind. Um, you know, I was you, in the West Country. It's big. You know, being from relatively close to Bath, it's big rugby. You know, big rugby area. I was forced to play rugby. I've got no fucking interest in getting absolutely smashed playing rugby. Um, I, I couldn't imagine you playing rugby. Did you wear your skinny jeans? Skinny jeans. <laughs> Christ, you can imagine. I didn't 
Look, I barely grew when I when I did grow, but I didn't actually grow until I was about 15, 16, mate. So, you know, I was a classic fast as fuck winger and then a nominated kicker because I was good at football. Um, so, yeah, it was weird. I did go and play rugby for a bit and then I nearly broke my sternum. So that kind Ooh. of put me off. Yeah. yeah yeah i didn't play again after that i was like nah this this isn't for me back to no. back to the uh the round better ball it is but um yeah let's not get too stuck into my rugby career but yeah with the lineup then let's get back onto that there's a few niggles isn't there coming off the back of it uh which is frustrating uh because that's always our fear going into you know going into the game itself um you know thomas Partey was I believe, precautionary taken out of the Ghana uh, squad and sent home. Tierney picked up a, a bit of an injury and I also believe Zinchenko's still carrying a bit of a knock as well. Have you have you seen the reports of this? I've not seen anything about Zinchenko. I've seen Partey and um, Kieran Tierney, which is just... Oh, wow, what a, what a surprise. <laughs> you know, mm. Like, it's like... It's it's always it's we start we, we may as well start calling them the usual suspects. Honestly, mm. it's it's always those guys. Like mm. without fail, you know you can always guarantee when it's an international game. You know, uh, Kieran Tini will make the headlines for for coming off early. Mm-hmm. And it's just like God, can you not just can we not just have a season where you just stay fit, please? please. You know, it's for the full season. Just 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 try, just try. I mean, listen, for all we know. It could be um, a precaution. Arsenal this season, you know, they, they, they like to keep their cards close to the chest, don't they? Very we much do, so. We do keep things very under wraps. Um, and I sort of like that, you know. Let's let's not go around and, you know, from the rooftops and shout about, you know, who, who's available, who's not available. Mm. Um, yeah, it's just time, time to bring in the poker face. Yeah, it's the tactical mind games are back. Something which went absent for quite a while. Uh, Wenger used to love it, didn't he? And I think on that, I think... <laughs> Maybe we give a little bit of credit because, and, and again, you know, I'll go back to what I said just, you know, just now. And that's, you know, a lot of players, you know, going to represent your country is, it's like the peak and pinnacle of their careers, which I can understand to, to a certain point. But, you know, ultimately the clubs pay, and I don't know, look, you get paid for playing for your country, which as a whole side subject, I think is fucking mental, to be honest with you. But, you know, being paid to play for your club, that's where your, your loyalty should be, I guess. Uh, but, you know, Arsenal are, you know, starting to maybe, you know, play the game correctly and doing some of the things that I always used to think United did well, you know, in their peak. And that was, you know, asking players to pull out, you know, especially when there's, you know, not just a massive game um, straight off the back of the break, but there's a massive fucking month. You know, there's nine games coming up uh, in October, as we know. I mean, look, a number of those games are Europa League and there'll be a lot of rotation, which doesn't bother me so much. So I think when you take that into consideration, maybe October doesn't look quite as daunting, but it's the... It's the Premier League fixtures. I mean, I guess I say there's not that daunting looking at it, but you know, you've got Spurs, Liverpool, and City in that run, and then Chelsea in very early uh, November, I believe. So yeah, some really, really big games coming up. But what would your kind of? Let's just very quickly go through it. What what would your lineup be going into the game, especially from the defence side of it? I think you know the, the front three picks itself, so we barely mm. even need to discuss that. Um, but at the back and obviously that centre mid I think that's where there's there's uh, definitely yeah some concerns isn't there yes or no yes I mean I think defensively you know you're looking at um, 
uh, Saliba, Gabriel, Ben White, mm-hmm. and then yeah, you've got potentially Kieran Tierney or Zinchenko. I expect one of them to be fit. Let's be honest. Yeah. Like, um, I think I think one of them will be fine. Um, worst case scenario, what, what, is Cedric back yet? Or you could stick, or you could stick maybe Tommy Assi on the left. Is that is that an option? Well, he was another one though. Actually, that, sorry, failed to mention. He was um, pulled out of his squad as well. Funny enough. <laughs> yeah, so, honestly, what what is what is going on? Like, what are they feeding these players? Um, yeah, so that's it, it's it's hard to say without knowing who's available. Like, and then mm. is Cedric even fit anymore? Who knows what's going on with him? And mm. then you know, as for the midfield, obviously Jack will play, and then. Well, once again, is party fit? Is Zinchenko fit? Uh, it might could be Sam Lukonga in there. Um, Odegaard's back though, which is a massive boost. Mm-hmm. Um, he played last night for um, for for Norway. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. And, and is, would there you... any, is there any news on Smith Rowe actually? Or is he still out? He's. Oh, let me look. He picked up that weird something or other warming down after the United game. Was it? Um... It's another strange one. Um, you know, I hope he can get over that because I think, you know, there's such a player there. I do worry about Smith Rowe this season. I really do. Just that we know the talent's there, but could he be another classic case of not talent going to waste, just talent not being able to be extracted um, because of injuries and just having a stop-start career, which, you know, we all know that, you know, when you're playing sports, momentum's key, not just for the squad, but for individuals. And, you know, you want to be able to find your confidence and, be comfortable when you're out on the pitch. And I just don't, you know, I just don't think he's had that this season. Cause even when he's, even when he's come off the bench, it's not like he was last season when he was coming off the bench and grabbing goals, he's he failed to get into games and just hasn't looked his usual self. I think that's probably the, the kindest way to put it. And you know, that's nothing against him because like I said, if you don't have that consistency and that momentum in your own personal game, it's hard to come into games, isn't it? Yeah. And I think a lot of it as well, like I appreciate, um, you know, injuries are very much out of players' hands, but it is almost like the survival of the fittest. You know, your Martin Lilly's been fit; he's, he's playing really well. Like mm. you're not you're not going to get the opportunities, you know. And when you're when we're playing in Europe, which you could you could argue, okay, well, this is Smith Rowe's chance to sort of make you know get get back into that that first eleven. He's not mm. fit, so mm. it's, yeah, it's frustrating, isn't it? Like I, I can't, I, I do look around and feel like. You know, for for a, for a team so early on into the campaign, we've mm. got a hell of a lot of niggles, and it's like I don't know. It, maybe it's same, maybe it's the same every, every other club. You know, I don't particularly follow anyone else. I couldn't care less. No. Um, I'm sure they all have. You know, it's such a intense sport, isn't it? You know, it's very physical, mm. um, especially the way we're now playing football. Such you know high intensity and pressing and very high energy. I mean, Lewis. It's only sustainable for so long. Um, but look, it is what it is. Um, you know, Smith Rowe is not going to be going to the World Cup. That's for sure. Um, hopefully he can take that time to to re-establish himself. Uh, obviously not yeah. in the squad because there won't be any football to play, but, you know, just, you know, refine that fitness and just get injury free. Um, it could be, it could be like a blessing in disguise this, this World Cup, you know, for us. It could be, could not be, <laughs> I guess. Time will tell. Um, still, I mean, look, the World Cup's not even that far away and it still feels just fucking bizarre, doesn't it? There's, there's a World Cup literally going to happen, you know, just over a month's time. Literally. It is crazy. It is there crazy. we go. So, yeah, I think, you know, poker faces are out. 
Um, let's hope there's a few, you know, if, if we're, you know, we follow Arsenal all the time. We read everything we possibly can consume. If we don't fucking know what's happening on Saturday, Conte and Spurs certainly won't. Um, so, yeah, let's hope Arteta and the club have played some sort of tactical masterstroke, genius, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, everybody's fit and ready to go. And we absolutely batter Spurs. That'd be brilliant, wouldn't it? No doubt. Especially as, we're, the- especially as we're heading over um, to this one, which would be great. Obviously, I say we are heading over. You're heading down. I'm heading over. But no, it's going to be uh, hopefully a, a good day. Train strikes aside. Train strikes aside. Mm. Train fuckers. Train fuckers, yeah. <laughs> so we, we, we've had a few words of you uh, on the group chat to sort it out. And I'm very disappointed that you I, I love managed how to I always get yet. blamed just because I like it. It's got nothing to do with me. Did you know I look at this? You are the granite jacker of the train world, right? So if there's bad performances or you know, whatever, you're the light, you know, you know, you're the lightning bolt. You're gonna get the criticism, mate. You've just got to take it on the chin, all right? Okay. That's right. fine. That, that when, fine. When, when I'm sorting everyone out with cheap lifts, though, I'm I'm the I'm the I'm everyone's best friend. Exactly. Exactly. When you play well and you score bangers, everybody loves you. You know, we'll sing you a song, but if we lose. Or if we can't get to place where we need to be, it's your fault. Just You just yeah, have sorry. to deal with it, whether it is or not. Anyway, enough about chain strikes. Let's crack on to some of these memories uh, looking back over you know, the games against Spurs. Other than last season, because we've already discussed that, right? We don't need to go into that again. What other North London derby games, goals spring to mind for you? There's a number. They're, they're, for me, anyway, there's plenty out there. But you know, coming over to you first... What games and goals are sticking out for you? Um, for, for me, I, you know, you, you always kind of go back to the classics. You know, that that, that mm-hmm. 3 mm-hmm. the on the on goal. Um, I think that's that's up there, right? That's I mean, it's one of the best Arsenal goals of all time for me. Not just you know against Tottenham, either just everything about that goal, the run, and then the fact that he runs the length of the pitch Back. and celebrates yeah. in front of the Tottenham fans was just mm. unreal. Um, in more, in more, in more kind of recent years, um, are we are we talking home games? Or are we talking either? Either. Well, or? to be fair, yeah, I prefer to go on to you know look. It was a home fixture, and um, so I like to look at the the games that we've played against Spurs at home. Yeah, if I'm honest with you. Okay. Well, so just can... just just I'll let you have a think there because I'm gonna I'm gonna throw something fairly controversial out there on what you've just said, right? And it's a very iconic goal, the Omri solo goal. I'm going to say, I think it was a little bit overrated, in my opinion. Um, it's a great goal, don't get me wrong. But, it, you know, he's, he's run, you know, three quarters of the length of the pitch, fairly unchallenged. I mean, there was a, a fairly pathetic challenge, uh, I think either by Redknapp or someone like that in the early stages of it. But he was, you know, relatively unchallenged. Um, and even outside the box, yeah, he shifts the ball nicely and it is a lovely finish into the bottom bottom left corner. But, you know, I look at the goal against, you know, Liverpool, for example, I think in and around the same season, that, that was better. Um, yeah, I, I think that, you know, probably people are shouting at you, fucking idiot, how can you say something like that? Don't get me wrong, it is a truly iconic goal against Spurs and I loved it as much as everybody else, but I do think maybe oversold just a tad. I, I loved the celebration more than the goal itself, I think. <laughs> okay. That's fair. That's fair. Um, so uh, as for home goals, 
you know, and I really liked, and it wasn't like a spectacular goal so much. It was, you remember that the Drew Flick? I think it was 1 0. It was like 2011, 2012. Hmm. Do you remember that game? We, we beat no. him, it was, we beat him 1 0. No, I don't. It was, like the near, it, it, it was like a near post. It was Walcott from the right and then Drew. So I don't know if he ah, it. Yeah, he, he did a couple of goals like that, didn't he? That season. He, he, kind he, of... sc- he scored one very similar at um at Tottenham as well when he flicked it. Mm. I'll tell you what, for, for for all the criticism, he he, he banged in some quality goals, didn't he? For oh, he, mate, phenomenal. I think he's a truly underrated player in general. He's still banging in goals. He's gonna fucking this is mental. He's gonna surpass Thierry Henry's uh French goal scoring record. Is um, he? Yeah, he's very close. I think he's either one or two goals away from equaling it. Um, yeah, he just scores scores goals. Um, and it's funny because I'd still love to have Giroud at Arsenal, even when he left. You know, as much as he could frustrate you, I always felt like you know his link-up play was pretty decent, and he does score good goals. And he's just that he's different. And I think we just couldn't. You know, we it was all all part of a move. You know, transfer market madness, wasn't it? And you know, there was there was three transfers that were linked. I can't remember whether it was Batshuayi, Giroud, and Aubameyang, and they all had to move to the right clubs for them all to happen or something yeah. like that. But you know, he would have been great to have off the bench, wouldn't he? Like, no. He, he definitely was. Definitely would have been. Back to goals. Um, mm. One springs to mind. Um, on. It was. It was one of the. I believe it was one of the five twos. Van Persie's from the edge of the, the area. The curl. That was an incredible goal. Um, yeah. It, it's it's annoying actually because I think if if I'm honest, like our best ever goals in Tottenham all came at their place. You've got like yeah. Ziski, the Flamini. Uh, you've yeah. got like Fabregas's, Adebayor's. Like Adebayor. we've just scored yeah. some apps. Like we've just remember Perez scored a really good one mm-hmm. back in the two thousands. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. like we've just. <laughs> it's funny, right? Like put some. They're not just good goals. They're like we've scored some absolute belters against them over there. Oh, but we've scored some belters at, at the you know home in the home games as well. I mean, I'm 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 baffled that there's one goal I thought you'd definitely go to straight away, and that was. Um, Fabregas' solo run straight from kickoff after oh, going 1-0 up. God, um, yeah. Have I missed this, that? Look, this, look, I miss a lot of things as well. But that one, you know, I was at, I was at that game. Um, and it was probably the best couple of minutes I've had at the Emirates Stadium uh, in time, you know, in the years gone by. The, the, you know, the atmosphere was probably, you know, even, maybe I wasn't there last year. I'd say it probably even topped last year a little bit because it's just, it's so rare that that happens in football where you score and then you go and score straight away. I mean, I, yeah. I can't really remember it happening, but what a fucking goal! Yeah, I, I wasn't at the game. I, I was in, um, I was in Cardiff. I can't remember why, but I was watching mm-hmm. it on a TV screen, and like, yeah, like it, it, it sort of the TV cameras cut back to the, and I think he was literally through on goal already. Like, yeah, it just missed a whole run. I can't. I mean, yeah. it must have been incredible in the ground. Like, you just oh, sort of like falling your seat after you've like fallen down about three rows. And it's like, like what is through nobody again? Was, yeah, but nobody. I remember it so distinctly. It's one of the games, you know, one of those moments where it's just it's just etched in your mind. Like, because obviously, look, when you, I think even now, when you score against anybody, you, you're not back in your seat for a while because there's the celebrations in the stands, and then you've got the the usual "Who are you?" chant to the way fans just to fucking rub it in a little bit. Um, I, I I hadn't sat back down. I just remember, you know, me and my old man were there and. You know, I kind of grabbed, grabbed, you know, grabbed his arm in anticipation. Like, oh my god, we're fucking in again here! And this that that crescendo of noise just grew and grew and grew. Considering 
that it was loud anyway because you're still celebrating a goal and just when he when he fucking put it in the back of the net and oh, yeah it's just one of those one of those moments where it was, it was quality just, yeah it was, quality. It was fucking brilliant um there's another one another game i was at which it's not a great goal but it was a really unique moment i think we were one nil down um and when bentner came off the bench oh yeah first for the corner um the lord himself rose like a salmon and a thumped the lord. Past, past gomez in, in which... more recent years i'd say um lucas Torreira started to cut across you. yes yeah. that's one that no, springs no. to mind that was an absolute bullet of a goal was it the same game where Aubameyang swept one in as well from just yeah, outside was, the box? That was a good was, goal. It was the 4-2. Yeah. Great game. And Lacazette, I think Lacazette like slipped. Yes. And scored one as well. I think that was like, you know, the, 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 the good days of Uno Emery, the beginning of uh, what we thought was something special, but... Yeah, uh, no, absolutely. It didn't quite go that way in the end, did it really? But... There's one more goal which squints, springs to mind uh, for me. It's going quite far back. I think it would have been maybe night between 96, 98, um, you know, in the pissing rain. I remember that Ian Wright was doing something in one of the, near the corner flags and he sent someone for a hot dog. Who that was, I don't know, but the poor chap's probably still fucking there. But um, crosses one over and a Burkamp has a delightful little touch with his left to deceive the defender and then just rifles it, you know, into the far bottom corner. Mm. To to basically seal the seal a game um, for a three one win. That's up there for me. I remember that quite vividly. But I mean, yeah, when, is it? You go. Go on. No, well, yeah, the, yeah. the Lauren penalty always springs to mind as well in the uh, yeah. a one the double winning season. The yes. tournament just equalised, mm. and um, yeah, Lawrence and it was really important in terms of the title race. It was kind of at the busiest end of the season, if you mm. remember. Yeah, no. He's, he was cornered personified, wasn't he? Um, from the spot. Just what a word that in. is. Personified. Yeah, there we go. Bring in, love bring in the love, big words. Love that. Big words on a Tuesday morning, mate. Oh, it's Tuesday afternoon. I'm fully awake now at this point. Oh, okay. um, if you'd asked me to record this at eight o'clock, that just wouldn't happen. You might, have got per, you might have got purse and then like... No, I'd, I'd have just said it was a really, it was a good penalty. <laughs> it would have been a lot more simple. That's for sure. But he took it very well and scored the goal. He scored the goal and Arsenal won the game and we all went home happy. Yeah. Which look that's I, soon I'd say probably. I really hope we, we can win on Saturday. There's the two games which spring to mind though is the back to back five twos. Like what were the chances of that yeah. happening? I was that at was the second one. Remarkable. Remarkable um, time. That's the last time I went to watch a, a North London derby, actually. Um yeah, it was the second five two. When Adaboyor uh, the pantomime villain of the day got sent off, which was fucking brilliant. Yeah. I think like, you know, if, if any Arsenal players are listening, please don't go 2-0 down this year. I no. don't think I could manage the stress uh, levels. Only <laughs> if you promise to win the game 5-2. Okay, yeah. I mean, it's the it, only it, time. It, uh, knowing my luck, and I just disappeared off to the pub. <laughs> well, I'm going... <laughs> I'm going back to the bank for a beer. Well, well one thing I'll say to you, if that does happen, don't leave the ground, have the beer in the stadium. Yeah. Well, watch it on the telly. And then if it, if it doesn't, you know, if it starts to come back to us, then, then you can just come back. Like oh, I was just, I was just having a beer. I didn't leave having a beer. It's just normal behavior. Are you up in the upper tier? Are you, are you taking yeah. your man's? Nice. Yeah. Taking the old man season ticket. So it's, it's an upper, another upper tier experience. I, mean, I always sit in the same areas. I mean, look, I, I always say to him, I want to sit down in the lower tiers. There's a bit more atmosphere, but I think 
you know, one thing that's become apparent for all of us is the atmosphere is pretty good no matter where you are at the minute. And, and again, you know, Spurs at home, doesn't matter where you sit, um, it's going to be a good watch. And, you know, like you touched on earlier, you know, the view you do get from the upper tier is pretty good um, for, for watching a football match. Um, as much as the atmosphere is not quite as good. Um, but yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. Really looking forward to it this this Saturday. Just should be good, mate. Yeah, should, should be, be good. good. Are you coming are, are you coming down early? Um, well, I mean, that's going to be dictated by somebody else because of the fucking train strikes. Um, I've managed to to get a lift. Um, so look, I'll be I'll be there when I'm there. Um so yeah, it's a bit annoying because I would have come up quite early for it. I think uh, had a couple of beers, and then if if the result goes the way we want it to, I would have probably hung around afterwards as well. But again, that's all going to be dictated for the chap who's giving me a lift. And yeah, that's fair, fair enough, enough, really. Fair enough. Not all I can do about it, mate. Again, it's anno- it step, is annoying. It is annoying. Yeah, yeah it, is, it is annoying. Go and have a word. <laughs> Depend depended on the result. It was if you know if we in ideal world we we win. We, we spend the day down there, but then you lose and you want to get home, but... No, you want to go home as soon as possible, yeah. Yeah, okay. so... No thanks. Yeah. No thanks. Is what it is. is there, before we move on, Steve, is there any other games which spring to mind? I know we've covered quite a few there, uh, but any other recent games or older ones that have... Uh, not particularly. I mean, you know, there's a lot of victories. There's, there's a lot of goals. Uh, I, remember, I remember actually one, um, a good win in the FA Cup. I think it was Serge Gnabry scored. And uh, mm. was it was it Cazorla or Ziki as well? Or oh, Sergio yeah. Gabriel played a part in the goal. And I think that was when Wilcott, Wilcott did his little. I think nil. he assisted. Yeah, when he got injured, so he assisted both goals that day. Um, I believe I could be yeah. wrong. I only watched that, that the other day as well. Funny enough, that was a good uh, a good victory. Yes, I mean, look, any victory over Spurs, I don't care how it comes. Like I said earlier, it's the one game at home. Just don't lose it. It's it's too it's too hard. It's it's too much to uh, to take on the chin. Um, so you know, just don't lose is always my my motto. Dream, dream scenario, right? I got I got a question for you. Like, would Go you ahead. rather beat them like seven eight nil and just mm. bask in the rain or the sunshine, depending on the weather, and just mm. enjoy the day, feet up, having a good time, or really close game, ninety sixth minute winner. Fucking hell, that's that's a mad question, isn't it? But imagine, genu- imagine the limbs. Like- I imagine, yeah, but the limbs would be great. But I think I'd go for the bigger win just because, you know, as we say, Tottenham get battered everywhere they go. But to get absolutely fucking pants down at the Emirates would be something we could live off a lot longer. That's true. Very true. You know, that's, I mean, look, I'd take either or, but the, the other one sounds incredibly stressful, Steve. I mean, yeah, there, there, there is a stressful element to it, you know, but then sometimes you got to weigh up the pros and cons and the, mm. the reward outweighs the stress, maybe. No, it absolutely does. But in the moment, you don't know that's happening. So, yeah. I mean, look, but either way, if it, if it was one all in, yeah, I mean, yeah, tricky one. But I still think a 7-0 win over Spurs would be something I've not ever seen in my yeah. lifetime. I don't That'll like be that. nice. I do think, I, you know what, I think if I had to put money on it, I think it'd be a draw. We th- these games do often finish a draw. I feel mm. like it's got like a two or what uh, one one written all over it. Mm. No, no. Look, let's hope that. I mean, yeah, it's not a loss. So I mean, if depending on the game state, yeah, you know, just don't lose it. And it. To be fair, Spurs are they're, they're due a defeat. So yes, why not? Yeah, yeah. No, I agree, and I still think. You know, we've said it a few times, like the Brentford game. We owe them one. We massively owe Spurs one. Um, 
for the end we of also, last season. We owe Liverpool one as well next week. So we, we owe them about four or five, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Just going to keep owing everyone all season and, and beating everyone. I mean, if that happens, happy days. You know, we owe City several. Um, so yeah, <laughs> if, if, if this carries on, then yeah, if we keep owing people and doing the business, the title's ours. So yeah. So yeah, that's Spurs. Uh, Saturday lunchtime, massive game. Let, let's all sit with, you know, fingers, toes, legs, bollocks, cross, the whole, the whole sh- you know, shenanigan and, Let's just pray that we get the three points against the old arc rivals uh, on Saturday lunchtime. So moving on, as I said earlier, the player profile is a cracker. Uh, this individual loved the goal against Spurs. You've mentioned one already. If you haven't guessed it already, that man is super Robert Perez, who was signed from Marseille all the way back in the year 2000 for a measly £6 million. He played 284 games for the Arsenal, scoring 84 goals along the way. He won two Premier League titles. Obviously, one of those was invincible. You can't not mention it. He also won three FA Cups and two Community Shields. Steve, what are your thoughts and memories of Super Robert Perez? Fair enough, those stats, a little underwhelming. Um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> he sounds very run of the mill to me. Um, Bang average, yeah. Yeah, he sounds like another sort of Debussy Ooh. and Santos character. Uh, no, listen, I, I didn't realise he scored that many goals. That was Me incredible. neither. What a, what a footballer. Um, I remember he was all sort of rinsed, wasn't he, for, for being a bit of a soft touch. He, li- he lived a dive. He joins, did when he joins. Uh, exceptional talent. Um, you know, and you talk about, sort of think, think about your memories, like you think about the goals. Mm. Uh, the, the one that always sticks to my mind is that goal at Villa Park in the, in the goal of Sega. Yeah. Just unbelievable you know and then mm. if you remember he picked that awful injury um and mm-hmm. it sort of ruled him out you know I mean, it was, you know he, he played a massive part in that in that team and you know in that game as well where we were yeah no absolutely you know i just you know not not this not just his goals as well like some of these assists like you know the the, the famous you know the Burkamp goal away at newcastle where he turns yep. the player the ball yeah. the ball comes in from Pires. like it's just he was so concise Mm-hmm. Um, and sharp with it with his ball play. Um, also remember the goal at Anfield when we, when we beat yeah. 2 1 at the, cracker. In the yellow 02. Just a oh, fucking what a, what a goal that was. He just, yeah, he the, the man could just finish. Like, and I, I touched upon earlier, there was a goal against Tottenham at White mm. Lane. Um, I feel like it always sort of like it ended a bit too soon. You know, this this was back when Wenger sort of had his what should I say? Oh, How should we say like, yeah. A bit so, somewhat outdated, I think that nowadays. I think you know the way football's gone, like I think it's different, different. Yeah, 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 it's completely different, and so it should be. Like, I always felt like it was a, a ridiculous rule, and the way it ended was always a little bit sad, but no, mm. you know, you know, what a guy, right? Yeah, what a, player. Uh, what a player. Um, he was a slick footballer, wasn't he? He had a very unique running style as well what I used to call the Robert Pires shuffle because um, it wasn't I don't know it just never looked like you know he, he wasn't running at full pace even though he was you know real quick um, but yeah he did have a very unique running style but you know you've touched on some some fantastic memories there I mean yeah that that filler away goal sends Boateng for a hot dog um, and then lobs Peter Schmeichel from the edge of the box with just the most sumptuous inside of the boot finish Um that Liverpool guy, I remember watching that that on on the TV. Um, big big game, you know, going to Anfield. You know, there's a lot of memories there for us, and a lot of history between the two sides. Obviously, going back to '89, and you know, we were 
you know, so close to winning the title the year before. And, you know, we were one nil down in that game. And then, you know, for him to pick that up and just bend one into the far top corner, you know, I can only imagine the scenes and the limbs in the away end um, and the celebrations that went on. Because that's something which is always extra special, isn't it? I think when you go to away games, you'll know this yourself. If you're close to a particular goal, you always want your team to score in that goal, much more so than the other one, because you just know, one, you get a better view. And then two, it's the celebrations, you know, with the players on someone else's turf. And a goal like that, I mean, fuck me sideways. It, oh, it literally. Was spectacular, to say the least. And, you know, old Bobby Perez, he loved the uh, a goal in the FA Cup, didn't he? Loved the goal in the FA Cup. Um, if it, you, I'm thinking of Southampton. I mean, it wasn't mind. a cracker. Yeah, it's not. It wasn't was a cracker. I've <laughs> oh, probably gone for the most underwhelming one, but... No, but I it's like, I it won us the cup. Yeah, it was. I think, you know, that 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 shirt, um, you know, it was sort of like a very weird period for Arsenal. You know, we should have won the league. I think that was, you know, out of all the, the, the years, Wenger, that was the, well, that was the one that Wenger sort of got away. Mm. So it was sort of like, even though it was a great achievement, it was sort of like bittersweet in many ways. But it was a weird one. I remember as well, the roof was closed as well. Mm, for the first time, one. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, there's some great moments. You know, he loved to call it his top as well. He scored, you know, he, he scored, he he scored really a few, uh, you know, White Hart Lane. Mm. Um, what was that one goal against? Was it, in, it was his first goal. It was in the Champions League. Champions League. Yeah, it was away somewhere. I can't remember who it was against, but he, he had a, it's quite funny, isn't it? Him and Omri had a very similar sort of, trademark finish it's just Henri was more rolled and Pires was more rifled uh, just at a, a higher height I mean he scored so many of those where he came off the left flank and then just spanked one bent it into the far either mid or top corner uh, against so many so many teams such a slick footballer wasn't he I lo- I, yeah I love Henri Pires the hair the long sleeves the gloves the puma boots the, just the goatee it was just yeah he was just he was yeah it was it was sort of like um Rock and roll football, right? Just he's got that. He's got a bit of the uh, the uh, the Maldini's about him. Mm, I always remember going back to to these goals as well. I remember there was, and I went to the game. I think it was we just it might have been the season before the Invincibles. We just lost the title pretty much. Um, we'd had a fucking horrible defeat. Might have been was it Leeds possibly that? Yeah, it might have been the the game. Yeah, I believe sc- it was he midweek. scored three against Southampton. Scored a hat trick, and then the goal he scored. To seal the hat trick, I was right behind it because I used to sit in the the west lower back then because I was young enough to be able to get in the junior gunners. Fuck me, that seems like a lifetime ago. And uh, it's just literally first time, audaciously lobbed whoever the fuck was in goal. I can't remember Southampton that day. Um, you know, he was literally by the by the touchline, 35, 40 yards out from goal, and he's just effortlessly just curled one over him into the middle of the goal. I just remember it was one of those moments. Jermaine Pennant also scored a hat-trick in that game. Which he, did. Is he did. He did. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. No, I, remember, those... I, remember, it, it, I remember I remember. it was like, it just followed, yeah, it followed that free to defeat to Leeds. Yeah, it was, it was, it, it was mid- after that. It was midweek uh, and it was a run-up to the, to the final. Um, yeah. I mean, one thing that always took me back for that game was the, the crowd that particular day was... You know, could you, you you could think like going into a game like that, it'd be really flat and understandably so. You've pretty much just handled the title to United or yeah, it would have been United at that time, not Chelsea just yet. They were just about to come to the fore. But 
I just remember the crowd just being like super up for the game and the atmosphere was great and the, the result and the, the football that was played that day was, uh, yeah, it was pretty tasty. Uh, and I think everybody went home feeling all right about life. And I guess you could at that time because we were fucking brilliant, um, you know, for that three, four year period in particular where we were always at the top and you just knew, didn't you? It wasn't a case of, oh, we've lost a tie or fuck, when can we go and compete for it again? We knew next season we'd be straight back up there trying to compete. I don't think we all thought it would quite go the way it did the following season, unless your name's Arsene Wenger. But yeah, that always, always stuck out for me. It's just, it, it kind of reminds me of how the crowd is now a little bit. Um, and that's, you know, when somebody's made a mistake, you know, you look at, what was it, Saliba earlier this season, uh, Gabriel and the, the crowd's reaction. Like, yeah. we're, at, we're at one with the club again. No, I would say so. I would say so. You, you buy into that idea and that um, the philosophy around the club, right? The, there's yeah. definitely, the, 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 I get what you mean, that, that sort of sense, that good feeling, there's good vibes only is yeah. back. And, you know, you, you can sort of accept. And when, it, when you have that mentality, you can accept that when things don't always go your way because that's life and mm. that's football. Mm. Um, so I think that's, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. You know, you sort of think, you know what? is what it is we move on whereas you know when you're sort of sat down in eighth and ninth and just um kind of constantly not challenging it yeah. can become incredibly frustrating oh yeah because if you look back to this season when Leicester won it obviously we were in the fight weren't we and I think when when we didn't win the league that year I had a very different feeling of Fuck, when, when are we going to get a chance again because we knew like the squad wasn't quite where it needed to be you know, we had some great individual players but overall the this talent, you know, in that starting eleven wasn't quite at the level it needed to be, and I never felt even, even though we came second, the points total that won the league that year was so low. Uh, I don't think it's ever been that low. Um, that you felt that, yeah, next season we'll go and do it again. So yeah, quite contrasting. But one final Robert Perez appreciation moment for me has to be, you know, that season he got injured was when we collected the the league title uh, in front of the North Bank in the Sun. Um, you know, that iconic moment where he's lift, you know, he's gone to get his medal and rightly so and pick up the trophy. And the whole team got down to, you know, bow down effectively to the masterful form that he had shown earlier that season. Just thought that was such a an iconic moment for for him and the club in general. He didn't go full John Terry, did he? He didn't he didn't he didn't he didn't pull out the, the full yeah. kit. He kept no, he kept he, he kept it um classy, just just, well, he's just not a shirt. Yeah, he's not a wanker, first and foremost. So I guess that helps, uh, whereas John Terry is. Um, but yeah, he had the tracksuit bottoms on. Um, did have a shirt on and yeah, no no complaints of that whatsoever. Um, but yeah, really, really nice moment. Nice touch by the, by the players to recognise what he had done for the club earlier in the season as well. But that's always a really nice memory to look back on. Not that you've just won the league, but you know, little touches like that, you know, they do stick with you. Uh, and I'm sure the man himself will probably speak incredibly fondly of that that particular moment as well yeah. so anything else you want to add on on Robert Pires and Steve um I don't not particularly he was a, he was a, he was a handsome what he was a bit of a handsome chap isn't he yes um, yes he, um, he is living proof that men get a pair with age yeah some don't know um so it's not don't don't if you know if 
you don't think you're the best looking man in the world. Don't think you're going to go full Robert Perez and age like a fine wine. Um, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen to everybody. Some people he's, age terribly. He's one of a kind. Uh, he no, is one of a kind. I, I did meet him once. I think I mentioned it in the previous pod recently. I did when he was at Villa. I went and got his oh, autograph. Yeah. I've got That's and nice. he, he signed. Annoyingly though, he signed my shirt, but he signed the back of it, and I was too nervous to say, "Can you sign the front?" What's wrong with that though? Well, the back is just a bit naff in it. Well, I mean, maybe yeah, unless you had. Perez on the back that would have been pretty sweet no. um, well, well then yeah you should have had some some bigger cojones on you Steve and told him where to sign funny that though when I always remember when Thierry Henry signed uh, one of my shirts and what really pissed me off was he put my name on it that really pissed me off he put two Kelvin and I was just like you didn't need to do that did you really because I can't sell that now if I ever wanted to not that I ever would but yeah <laughs> I just thought great having your signature but my name on it that's devalued the living shit out of that hasn't it <laughs> You could have sold Nobody it to a fellow, a fellow Calvin. There's fucking none of us around. Jesus Christ. I don't know what they should. My parents should have just called me Kevin. It would have been a lot easier for everybody involved. But there we go. It's a, it's look, a, it's a dying, um, it is dying it, name. Dying. It never really existed in the first place. Have, Steve. have you I've, seen, I've have you seen as a festival where like, um, all like the Nigels get together? Oh, the it, Nigels. It, it was a, it was a local, it was actually an event like, near near to me, and it happened last year. Hundreds of an, hundreds uh, attend Nigel a festival. There's a ginger uh, fest as well, no? I'm pretty sure uh, there's a ginger know. fest or something like that. Yeah, 400 so Nigels att- attended the event at the Nigels. Go so on. maybe we could, if there's any other Calvin's out there, get in touch, make it happen. That'll be nobody. Just just going to put that on there, Steve. So we we'll lower those expectations. But look, I guess. On that bombshell, it's time to end the show. And as always, we'd just like to thank you for taking the time to tune in and listen to the podcast. We hope you've enjoyed the show. If you have enjoyed the show, please do leave us a review on Apple and Spotify. Drop that five-star review. And remember to share on the socials or even in your Arsenal fan groups with your family and friends. We'd greatly appreciate that. We'll be back with another podcast after Spurs, uh, where hopefully we'll be gloating after putting them firmly back in their place. So please keep an eye on our social feeds for that. But until then, look after yourselves look after each other catch you on the next one bye bye